0: Hey, everybody, welcome to the Basis Points Fixed Income Podcast. I'm Kevin Flanagan, head of fixed income strategy at Wisdom Tree Asset Management. Well, it's jobs day, uh, certainly a day that gets us, you know, crazy bond guys all excited every month. And it's interesting because, you know, we are in a data dependent world right now. And it's not just from the Fed, but the market's capabilities. And you have to wonder, did the Treasury market, did the Fed Funds Futures market, kind of put the cart before the horse here? And what I mean by that, when you know, a lot of these podcasts we've talked to you over the last few weeks, what we've written about, what I'm sure you've heard about just in the financial media, has been this changing outlook for the Fed, going from two rate hikes in December, down to none, and then if you look at market expectations, actually pricing in a rate cut for this year and two rate cuts for next year. We really hadn't gotten any economic numbers to support that kind of movement in the market. So, that's what I mean. Did we get a little bit ahead of ourselves in this environment? So, obviously, you're going to look to the data. You're going to look to the economic numbers. That's what the Fed is going to focus on. And that is going to be the final arbiter as to whether there's a rate hike, no move, or a rate cut somewhere down the road here. And so far, the numbers that we've been seeing have been relatively mixed, but But of late, we've seen some numbers suggesting that, hey, maybe it was just a trough in economic activity in the first quarter. And as we move from the end of the first quarter into this April-June period, maybe there is a little silver lining. Maybe growth won't be as slow as what was originally anticipated. I don't want to put the cart before the horse myself, so I'm not going to get overly excited over a month or so worth of numbers. But what I'm beginning to see at this stage of the game is things aren't adding up for a rate cut for this year. 2020, who knows? The The crystal ball gets really cloudy the further out that you go. But you know, I, I would say for the next 12, 15, maybe 18 months, just don't see a rate cut in the forecast at this point in time. Hey, let me reserve the right to uh, change my mind though, okay? Because as the numbers come in, maybe we do get a surprise. But base case right now, really not looking for it at this stage of the game. So, let's just take a look real quickly at the jobs numbers. Promise I won't bore you. So, we'll just focus on some of the headline figures. And obviously, non-farm payrolls, the number of jobs created. That's the one that always is going to get the number one amount of attention on the news channels, whether you're looking at a Bloomberg terminal, whatever you're focusing on, on your day-to-day basis. And it came in uh, a little bit under 200000 a gain of 196,000, which was better than expected. And if you remember a month ago when we were talking about the jobs numbers, we were saying, hey, we had a really soft number. Is this the beginning of a new trend? Is this an anomaly? Well, the number for March that I just gave you, the 196 would seem to suggest that that 33,000 in February, that gain of 33,000, probably is more of an anomaly at this stage of the game, and that the jobs area continues to remain one that is solid. The unemployment rate, 3.8%, unchanged. We can still Continue to stay under that four percent threshold. Think about that. You know, it's an incredible accomplishment from an economic standpoint. You're talking about 3.8 percent unemployment. Now, I know you could say, "Hey, how are things measured? Things along those lines." But that's what we get. That's what we have to work with. The numbers we get from the Bureau of Labor Statistics, and wages is the other one. So, right, that's the trifecta: non-farm payrolls, the unemployment rate, and then let's look at wages. Wages year-over-year gain dropped off a little bit to 3.2% from 3.4% the month before. Is that something to worry about? I don't think so. You know, you had a very strong gain in February, and odds would tend to favor you don't get a duplicate kind of performance. Overall, month to month, wages were actually up, just not up to that kind of year-over-year clip that we saw. So, if you look from a broader perspective, we've had eight months in a row now where wage gains on an annualized basis year over year are printing a handle of at least 3% or better. You have to go back to 2008, 2009 to see that kind of performance. So I think things are headed in the right direction, at least not in the direction that would implement that we're going to be looking or talking about, or the Fed's even going to be mentioning, a rate cut anytime soon. So, let's transition real fast to the bond market, the Treasury market. How are we responding on this? If you go back to just a week or so ago, all the rage was the inverted yield curve. That may have been the shortest inverted yield curve period on record. It lasted five days. And what's more interesting, that inversion, that difference. In other words, the three-month T-bill yield being above the 10-year Treasury yield came in at six basis points. So, you scratch your head and you go, okay history. Is history going to you know predict another recession down the road? Well, really, an inversion needs to last more than five days, in my opinion. And if you go back to the last two times that's happened, this negative figure, this inverted figure, was anywhere from 55 basis points to almost 100 basis points. Some big differences. And I think that needs to be put into the proper context, because we're all being bombarded on a regular basis. Remember, if you go back just that week ago, when that curve inverted, it it was just like the news. Everyone was freaking out about it. So, let's take a step back, tap on the brakes, and put it in the context that I just gave you. What's happened in the Treasury market? Well, Over the same last, you know, one week, 10 day kind of period, the 10 year treasury yield, everyone was saying, we're going to 2%, we're going to two and a quarter. You did hit 233 on an intraday basis. Guess what? We're back over two and a half percent again. So, you know, I think it's really important as an investor in the fixed income marketplace that you need oftentimes to try to like take a step back back. Don't get caught up in the emotion of the moment and try to let things play out a little bit. And that's hopefully what we're trying to provide you, a little bit of context and objectivity in the bond market, trying to take some of the emotion out of the equation. That really is important for fixed income investment decision-making always, but perhaps even more important now, because with each new data point that we get, you're going to get this volatility. Is the Fed cutting rates? Is the Fed not cutting? Rates? Is the Fed raising rates? That's the environment we're in for 2019 and probably 2020 as well, but we won't go way down the road on that. So let me wrap it up there. And what I would suggest is continue to focus on core strategies. Look at short government floating rate type of strategies. We feel they make a lot of sense in this kind of an environment. That barbell approach, we've written about it, we've talked about it as well. And, and we also have a, a nice blog coming out on what we're speaking about here. Check it out at www.wisdomtree.com. Have a great rest of the week, everybody. And before investing, carefully consider a fund's investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses contained in the prospectus available at wisdomtree.com. Read it carefully.